Help me welcome back to the show, Chris Ann Hall. Thank you for being with me. How are you, friend? I am fantastic, CL. It is such a blessing to be with you here today. Thank you for bringing us on. We we love you guys so much. You know, we don't we love you like family. So it's it's always wonderful to be a part of your show. And folks, the we that she is referring to is her husband, Pastor J.C. Mm-hmm. Hall, and uh, he'll be joining us. I understand here in this segment as well. Chris Ann, tell us, tell all the folks, first of all, how to get a hold of you and Pastor JC as you're out there on the uh, road uh, spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ and the good news of America. Talk to us. Well, you know, we have our, our, our main landing page, which is chrisannhall.com, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. And then we have our education page, which is libertyfirstuniversity.com, libertyfirstuniversity.com. And, and CL, we have just released this past July our brand new documentary. Uh, the documentary is called Noncompliance, and you can find our documentary. You can actually watch the entire documentary at no cost at noncompliantmovie.com, and we also have it on Rumble for anybody who wants to watch it, and that's on my Chris Ann Hall Rumble page. Uh, this this documentary is you know, we, we believe in what we're doing, obviously, right? So this is a nonprofit documentary, which is why we're able to release it at no cost, uh, because we have people who continue to donate to this project. We're actually still starting on Noncompliant 2, and Noncompliant 2's subject matter, or the subtitle is called The Sheriff, explaining the authority and the duty of the constitutional sheriff in America. But if you go to noncompliantmovie.com CL and you look at, we have over 1,400 five-star reviews. Wow. 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 Yes. You you see things like uh, life-changing, every American needs to see this, uh, on-spot, fabulous, inspiring, timely, uh, history in the making, this is an incredibly powerful documentary. So I just want to give a personal invitation to all those at CL Bryant, because I know you guys are the ones that are going to love noncompliantmovie.com. Absolutely. And you know what, Chris Ann, I want you to tell the audience now if they want to contribute, help you along the way in making the next film, how do they go about doing that? Oh, well, you can, um, you can donate at... Uh, noncompliantmovie.com, you can donate at libertyfirst.legal. That's our nonprofit law firm, and the nonprofit law firm is uh, backing this film, noncompliantmovie.com. So the, the nonprofit is libertyfirst.legal, and any donations made at libertyfirst.legal are tax deductible, and they will be applied. Uh, it, you know, you leave a comment in the section that you want this to be. Uh, applied to the documentary series that we're creating, and we will make sure that it is it is uh, earmarked for that specific purpose. Chris Ann, when we talk about the word compliant, uh, we do look at uh, a lockstep that uh, certain factions in this country elected to our legislatures are wanting us to to become uh, in lockstep. When we talk about compliant 
the sh- tell our audience what does compliance look like and what are you meaning by non-compliant? Talk to us. Yeah, that's a really, really great question, CL, because a lot of times, you know, we're, we're hearing a lot of people talk about civil disobedience today. Um, what we want the American people to understand is that by refusing to comply with these mandates, with these shutdowns, with these lockdowns, is not disobedient. Because you see, we are not being disobedient to anything. What we're doing is enforcing the supreme law of the land. It's the governments that are being disobedient when they issue these mandates, the executive orders, these regulations that violate our rights. So what we want to unite people, to inspire them to stand for their rights as given to us by God, as enshrined in our constitutions, both U.S. Constitution and state constitutions, and stand in defense of our rights by, not, by refusing to comply with these unlawful, unconstitutional edicts. So I, I, I personally don't like the idea of calling it uh, civil disobedience because we are not disobeying. It is not being disobedient to refuse to comply with something that the government has no authority to do. And they are being disobedient to their oath. They're being disobedient to the limits of government established in the Constitution. They are being disobedient to our rights. So we are actually affirming, defending, and securing our rights and limited government by refusing to comply. That's why we call it peaceful non-compliance. And it's actually justified, uh, righteously justified, not only before the eyes of God, but also justified by the establishment of our written constitution. Well, you know, uh, folks, uh, it, it's just as plain it's just as plain as it can possibly be that they answer to us. Chris Ann, please uh, tell us as well. Let's explore this a little bit further. Then, what signal did the American people send to Congress that made them think that they then could be the civil disobedient against the people who elected them to office? Tell us about it. You know, we we get that question. It's probably one of my most asked questions uh, in a different form is how do they get away with this, right? And the answer to that question is because we have been first, number one, educated into ignorance about the proper role of government in our lives and the proper authority of government. And we have been deliberately denied education on our, we the people's, proper power over government. So the first failing is is our, our government education system, which has deliberately taught us to simply submit and taught us the number the, the number two problem that our only power to government is voting. Because when all we do is vote, it is it is part of our being a, a citizen of a constitutional republic, it's our duty to government to vote. But when that's all we do, what we do is we put people in office and then we tell them that they have no check and balance, 
that they have absolutely no supervision for what they're doing uh, for the rest of their term in office. And, you know, I, I liken that to having a child and never, ever disciplining them. And then all of a sudden waking up, CL, one day, and you have a spoiled, brat, pretentious, entitlement teenager who resents any any presence of their parents or any uh, guidance from the parents. And we have raised a spoiled brat representative government at the state, local, and federal levels that no longer submit to the authority of the people because we've left them unchecked for so long. We have to re-educate the people that the most important thing they can do in government is be involved every other day of every other year, not just voting. You know, Chris Ann, you referred to an, an education and ignorance, and, and uh, it almost seems defiant sometimes the way the ignorance works in this country. Uh, tell us then, is this uh, shutdown and the heavy-handedness that's going on with our young people, is that a part of the education, the continued education in dumbing down our, our, our uh, young people. Talk to us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Samuel Adams said this, no people will tamely surrender their liberties nor be easily subdued when knowledge is diffused and virtue is preserved. He said, on the contrary, when the people can become universally ignorant and debauched in their manners, they will sink underneath their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders. Our education system has trained us to be universally ignorant, to deny God, to deny morality, to become debauched in our manners. And so we just have, for many decades, without even realizing what was happening, we have we have tamely surrendered our liberties to government control under the trade of, you know, trinkets and plastics and, you know, crumbs from the government table called stimulus checks uh, to, to surrender our rights to their authorities or whatever it is they're going to give us. And we must understand that the government system of education, at the very best of it, cannot teach what the people possess in power over government. Because when when government teaches its proper role, when government teaches its proper uh, power of the people, then what happens inevitably is that government becomes more and more reduced in its power with every new generation. As the new generations increasingly are capable and fit to handle more and more liberties through self-governance. And so what we have now is the opposite, where the government education system has taught our, our citizens for decades to be more submissive to government power, to be more dependent on government. And even in the church house CL, we have pastors who are teaching that government is the provider, that government is the protector and the savior, setting aside God himself. Let me uh, then move to this topic with you, because we see very twisted individuals from young to old who are in our legislature, naming James Clyburn and even uh, Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, old people, all the way down to the Ocasio-Cortez uh, uh, faction of the legislature who are bent, regardless of their generation, on making this nation something totally 
different. Where did they come from? How did they accumulate or assume the type of power that we have now or are seemingly yielding to them? Speak to us. They are the product of this education system that we've been talking about. I mean, we, they are the product of generations of Marxist educational training. At my website, chrisannhall.com, I actually have an article titled Stolen Education, Stolen Children, Stolen Future, where I give you a, a factual documented timeline of the Marxist infiltration of our government school system that begins in the mid-1800s. So we are actually seeing the product of generations of Marxist training in our government school system. And unfortunately, it has infiltrated on every city, every county, every state because of the textbooks. You know, you have good Christian teachers in public schools. You have good teachers with good intentions uh, and, and may even do some extra teaching on subjects. The problem is that the textbooks themselves began the being overtaken by these Marxist principles uh, in the mid 1800s. So no matter what your your Christian teacher, your constitutionally minded, or your patriot teacher may be able to interject every now and again, our children are being completely indoctrinated by the textbooks that are in every single school system, and this is the product we have been teaching. Uh, in the colleges, CRT for 30 years. And now those who have been the product of those CRT teachings in our colleges for 30 years are now bringing it as the teachers into our school systems. So the, what we're seeing, uh, the deconstruction of America in our government school systems is a well-planned event. Stay here with me with Chris Ann Hall and uh, Chris Ann, uh, Pastor JC, uh, I trust, is there with you because I'm going to move here in just a minute to uh, the church. But Chris Ann, continuing with you as far as the heavy handedness uh, for our children, uh, parents are surely beginning to push back against this across the country. Uh, what then, uh, and we'll be coming back to you and uh, talking to you, both you and, and JC, but what then are your uh, uh, suggestions for parent parental pushback and, of course, American stand up? What, what, how do we do it? How do, how do we go about, about doing it? Of course, we go to the university, and li- but we need to do something tangible ourselves. Talk yes. to us. Yes. Well, you know, and that's part of what we talk about at uh, what we teach in Noncompliant Movie at noncompliantmovie.com. That's the beginning. And then we also have at libertyfirstuniversity.com training courses. We actually, we have a brand new uh, activism boot camp that we have put together for our Liberty First University students that teach uh, uh, these practical means. I'm actually going to be teaching it in, uh, JC and I teach it together. So we're going to be teaching it in McAllen, Texas this weekend, this Saturday. So we're on the road teaching. It's available at libertyfirstuniversity.com. But if our parents want the best advice that they can get, this is it. You need an exit strategy. Parents, you need to rescue your children from this system. 
while we have a choice, this is not Germany where you go to prison for homeschooling our children. America has the greatest options available. And by the way, we've been homeschooling our son for well, since uh, the first grade, and I can tell you that now, 14 years, or well, he's 15 years old now, uh, homeschooling is infinitely easier to do than it was even 10 years ago. There's hardly any excuse whatsoever to not homeschool a child and the thing is is that uh, all these you know the 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 old rhetoric about your child will be socially inept is completely false and the benefit is your child gets a tailored education fit to their needs they get a superior education and it only takes about three and a half hours a day to teach your child this superior education and you don't have to worry because colleges are now actively recruiting homeschool kids because they know they have a better education and they are better equipped to be successful in college this is what we need to do and then while the parents are doing this i'm going to shout out to the pastors and the churches out there because the pastors and the churches need to rescue their children from government education. For the parents who don't have the ability at this moment to homeschool, we need our churches to get together and create educational programs at the churches to scholarship our, our children into them and rescue them from the uh, government training of the schools. There's a pastor who said, uh, when you allow Caesar to train your children, do not be surprised when they grow up to be Romans. <laughs> God has told us that the education of our children is the parent's responsibility, not the government's responsibility. So we need Christian businessmen and women who will fund scholarships at Christian schools for parents who are not yet able to afford this. I met a friend of yours, and uh, now he's a friend of mine, yours and JC's, uh, Keith Flaw, I think the name is, uh, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, just uh, last uh, last week, in fact, a week ago tomorrow night, uh, here at a, a meeting here in, in Port St. Lucie. Uh, and uh, he certainly, as I do, of course, uh, thinks so highly of the two of you, and he is talking about the scholarships uh, that are available uh, for those who might feel as though something mis uh, untoward has happened toward your uh, young people, and I'll be giving you that information. In fact, I'll be having him on next week. Chris Ann, as we press forward in this conversation, we look at a Joe Biden um, uh, in the Oval Office, and I have to tell you something. Um, this is still very perplexing as to how this man got more votes than any presidential candidate in the history of America, and certainly how he got more votes than Barack Obama. But uh, what is there some type of end game to this? Because we do know that he must not be in full control of the throttle here in, in America. What is going on? That, that's another question that Americans are asking. What's going on? Here? What's happening here? You know, it is, it is the art of manipulation. That's what we're seeing. The manipulation of the people is everywhere. Manipulation through education, it is manipulation through media, and it is the uh, puppet masters that are actually controlled. You want to know why Biden won? 
because Biden is a puppet and they knew he would be easily controllable. And I believe, and this is just my personal opinion, I believe that they chose Kamala Harris to be vice president to ensure that Biden would never be removed from office because it's quite obvious the man has some mental uh, issues. He has some physical disabilities going on. But I believe that the Democrat Party doesn't want Kamala Harris president any more than the majority of the American people do. But the Democrat Party and those controlling the Democrat Party want Biden to be their figurehead because he is easily controllable. And that is so obvious that he is. I'm going to continue, Michelle, with uh, Chris, Ann, and JC. I'm not going to cut to break. I I, I think that the the, uh, things that they they have to say are uh, incredibly important. And I want Mm -hmm. uh, the entire catalog of, uh, of what Uh, the two of them are saying in one uh, set so that uh, when we send this to them, uh, they can use it in in, in whatever way they choose to. Because these are questions that Americans uh, are answering. Chris Ann, you've been answering these questions for me here on radio for years now. And uh, I I have enjoyed the friendship with you and uh, JC over the years. Hard to believe that your son is 15 years of age. Uh, That's just amazing how time goes by. Let's shift to the church. Uh, If we could bring up uh, Pastor JC. Uh, Pastor, you know that, uh, and you and Chris Ann, and the last time we were together in in one of your venues, uh, I believe we were up in in Oklahoma somewhere, but but one of the things that you uh, stressed, and you had a pastor there, I believe he was from Oklahoma or, or, or Texas, but either way, he was talking about the uh, revolutionary uh, pastors and who they were and what they meant to the continued liberty of our nation. Uh, as a pastor, who I know you are on the front line, tell us the importance of that called pastor, that called preacher, uh, minister of God. Tell us the importance of him taking uh, a stance in this arena here today. Talk to us, Pastor JC, and thank you so much for being with us. Yes, sir. Amen. Well, first of all, that that pastor uh, that you're referring to was Pastor Dan Fisher. He's a former uh, state legislature legislator yes. from Oklahoma. Yeah, and he lead, he heads up uh, really the revival of the black robed regiment history. That's fantastic. So he, he's always a blessing to. Uh, to have in anybody out there that is able to bring him in and listen to uh, listen to what he has to say. It's amazing. And so he highlights uh, exactly what you're just talking about, the importance uh, of pastors and uh, the, the people of God in general to be really rooted and grounded in the principles of liberty. We, If we all believe that liberty is a gift from God, and I know I do, uh, then the word of God says we're supposed to be good stewards, faithful stewards over his gifts. And so I think people think about material things uh, as, as stewarding, but they don't think about the stewardship of liberty in general. So just that principle alone puts an, puts an obligation and a duty on pastors and believers uh, to, to stand for this, not to mention Jesus directly saying, love your neighbor as yourself. 
So how can we legitimately love our neighbor as ourselves while we stand by and do nothing as they're tyrannized and oppressed by the very government that is supposed to represent them? So we have an obligation and a duty on many fronts. And I think what's lacking uh, in the church, aside from some of these pastors may need to just get saved, uh, but we need a, a courage. We need a revival of courage. And, of course, that comes with uh, yielding yourself to the Holy Spirit. The, the, the mark of being filled with the Holy Spirit is boldness. So we need some spirit-filled pastors and believers uh, to tap into that courage that's available uh, in God and stand up for the gifts that he's given us. Amen, amen, amen. Pastor, then, is there an ignorance, almost a defiant ignorance, the same type of universal ignorance that Chris Ann was talking about? Is that the same type of thing that may be going on in the church? And is it by design to dumb down uh, the Church of God Christians? Talk to us. I believe that is a a principal element uh, of what's going on, the ignorance. Uh, One, you have so-called pastors, which I would I would uh, rather choose the term that the Bible uses, hirelings, uh, who are masquerading as pastors, uh, which who teach uh, will teach falsehood. Let's just be frank; they they're they're lying to people in order to control them because they're enjoying their uh, you know nonprofit status and the offering plate, and they don't want to rock the boat. And, it's, and for these pastors, it's not a ma- matter of they are ignorant. I think they simply made a choice and sold their soul uh, over to greed and submitted themselves to the hand that feeds them uh, rather than submitting themselves to God. But they're keeping the people in ignorance. Uh, many of the churches, as you very well know, the history that you've talked about many times, how that uh, you know folks like Margaret Sanger and that whole cabal infiltrated the black churches specifically and had a deliberate design to capture the minds uh, of, of believers in that community all over America. And so there is a deliberate dumbing down of people in the church. They've been taken captive. They don't even know it. And I, I tell you things like Black Lives Matter Incorporated, uh, the organization, not necessarily the sentiment, right? We all agree with the sentiment. Black Lives Matter, White Lives Matter, All Lives Matter. We agree with that. So, But Black Lives Matter, Inc., which is a neo-Marxist subversive organization, leverages the good-heartedness of people to convince them that they're actually defending folks that are oppressed. So many of many of the people who have backed the movement uh, have been duped. It's not necessarily that all of them are enemies, but it's part of this ignorance. They, they're leveraging the good-heartedness of people, and, uh, and, and because of the ignorance of history, the ignorance of who these people are, then many good people are led astray. Um, but then there's the other portion that know exactly what they're doing, and it is their openly stated goal uh, to, to destroy America. As they say, burn down the plantation, and they want to overthrow this government. They want to absolutely substitute uh, the system that has brought us prosperity and liberty that's practically unimaginable. And they want to replace it with this neo-Marxist, uh, utopian, uh, utopianist propaganda. That's a, that's really a top-down, uh, globalist control system. Pastor, and, uh, so yes, it's intentional. Pastor, uh, the movie compliant, non-compliant. Yes, um, now let, let's talk about that. Chris Ann gave us her take 
on uh, the film and, and how she uh, knows and feels it is impactful. We want to hear from you now on this film that's just absolutely wildly popular and a blockbuster film that all of you should go and see. Tell us about the genesis of it. Why now? Uh, why this film? Talk to us. Well, we've been teaching the core principles um, within the film for 11 years now. And I just think we've come now in our present context where people are receptive uh, to this. We've been so comfortable for various reasons and we looked to various other solutions for so long. And now, as we've seen really the absolute failure of the federal government at every level, and then we've been exposed to the corruption at the state and local governments during this pandemic, um, people, people are now hungry for the idea. So really the genesis of it and before all this even started we were working on it so i i have to say god just uh seemed like god just moved uh to have us to get this done even before the pandemic showed up because we were already in process and uh you know so we we just want to get the message out that ultimately it comes down to the people themselves uh individually and collectively to to stand and assert your god-given rights and your god-given authority uh, within our governmental structure, we, the people, are above the government. They are not over us. That's not the structure that we've built. So they have uh, bastardized and, and distorted uh, what is the constitutional framework of America. And it's time for the people to stand up and assert themselves. I, 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 just to be very honest with you, I'm a little bit embarrassed uh, of us and, and my fellow Americans when I look in Paris and Australia, people being in the streets by the hundreds of thousands, and uh, I'm I'm really I'm really praying that Americans would wake up, given the uh, foundations that we have, which is so much more uh, deeply rooted in liberty than any of these other countries. So we we need to be asserting ourselves. When we, uh, of course, think about uh, this. Uh, present administration in Washington, D.C., and the money uh, that is being spent. Uh, is there then, Pastor, an awakening that you are seeing among the American people, as slow as it may seem? Is there is there an awakening going on? Is the pain causing them to come out of their slumber? Talk to us. There is certainly an awakening. As you know, we travel all over the country for you know almost seven years of the 11 years we've been doing this, we average 260 meetings in 22 states every single year. So we get to see a broad sweep uh, of America. And there is definitely a waking awakening is distinctly different than what we saw in 2010, where we were, it seems to me, just getting things off our chest. Uh, now people are interested in solutions. People are interested in engaging uh, and doing something about this. So we definitely see it. Um, what I feel we need to do now is coalesce, come together. Uh, over the years, I've been frustrated that conservatives don't seem to play well together. Uh, so we need to set aside uh, our pride. We need to set aside our pettiness. And, and yes, there's awakening, but we need a coalescing where people unite together and stand in a united front uh, so that we don't look like individual martyrs here and there that the government can ignore. I want to see thousands of people standing together uh, where they realize this is a force. We are a force to be reckoned with. 
Well, God bless um, both of you. Chris Ann, if we could go back uh, to you. I, Pastor, I, you know, I admire you all's work. Uh, we've been threatening to get together for a long time. Of course, I do uh, my thing with Freedom Works, and uh, I, I would just love, love, love more than anything uh, to incorporate uh, us on the road together and uh, just do a mega event for two or three days uh, out on the road. Uh, and so uh, let's let's seriously talk about that as we had tried to at one point. Listen, Chris Ann, uh, five years from now, um, of course, I know none of us can even know what's going on in the next uh, five seconds uh, from now. But what would you like to see uh, take place? What, where would you like to see our nation in uh, five years from now if, in fact, we're successful in uh, teaching and getting across the message? If the Lord tarries, talk to us. Well, I think that's that really is the key, right? If the Lord tarries. Uh, so let me tell you, um, Patrick Henry said this, I have but one lamp by which my feet is guided. My feet are guided, and that's the lamp of experience. I know no way to judge the future, but by the past. So let me tell you something, Dion. I, I can, to a certain degree, predict the future depending on how we act today. Because as Solomon said, there is nothing new under the sun because human nature never changes. And so we will stand up today and we will begin this process of taking back our liberties and reestablishing a limited role of government. And God guarantees our success as he's already, uh, you know, the conqueror. Uh, and all we have to do is stand. Now, we will have to pay a price for that. So everyone needs to be willing to weigh the cost and pay the cost. But the cost now, Theo, is much less than it will cost our children and grandchildren if we do not stand now. Because history tells us, if the Lord tarries, that the people will always stand. And so whether we stand now or we stand in five years, or we stand, our future generation stands in 15 years. The stand will take place. But the only thing that will change over time is the price that will have to be paid to secure those rights. We have the opportunity now to, to stand up and defend our rights while we have a short that will not cost as much. But make no mistake, we will stand or our children will stand when they have no choice and maybe only a precarious chance of survival because it is, as Winston Churchill said, better to perish than to live as a slave. Americans will never accept the return of a of a totalitarian government. Uh, so it's just a matter of will it be the Americans today that say not on my watch? Or will we condemn our future generations to buy back a gift with their lives that we were supposed to give them at the cost of our inconvenience? Wow. 
Oh, uh, well, Chris Ann, uh, you know what? I, I, I have to press this just a little bit further, folks. Chris Ann, let me ask you then the, the, the type of uh, money that is being spent here or proposed to be spent here in these next uh, few days or, or the type of debt that we are to go into, is that then the uh, uh, diving board into slavery of our young people? And you and I, I mean, we, we will never live, of course, that long to pay, but we have, grand, we have children and grandchildren who are coming along. And 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 is this then the 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 the, the nail of the, the the toll of that bell for their their future slavery in a socialist society if in fact something like this is successful? You know, it's a really interesting question, Theo, because you know our Declaration of Independence mentions this term pursuit of happiness, and we've allowed that term to be misdefined and co-opted into, you know, uh, a three-bedroom house and a good job. But pursuit of happiness, as uh, not simply used by Thomas Jefferson, but defined by his teacher, um, who actually, John Trenchard, who taught Jefferson about that term, pursuit of happiness. It all stems around property ownership and independence. And uh, happiness, he said, is the product of independence, but independence is the product of true property ownership. When you are not in debt to someone else, you are truly independent and you are truly free to pursue whatever your happiness may be. But to whom you owe owns you, and that's what's happening now. We are sending, we are giving our future generations a debt sentence that they will have to fight their way out of. What I, what I endeavor to teach as we teach at LibertyFirstUniversity.com, as we travel around the country and teach, is that we as a people have to become motivated to protect these intangible liberties uh, more than our pocketbooks. If we're waiting for that pinch on our pocketbooks to stand, then as you so accurately conveyed, we're already enslaved. Our founders did not throw tea in the harbor because of a 1% tax on tea. Our founders threw tea in the harbor because they had, at that time, 120 years. 120 years of absolute control of their commerce by government, a violation of their right to be from searches and unlawful searches and seizures, a violation of their right to legislation through representation. We're talking about defending rights as property before uh, our pocketbooks. Pastor JC, if you're still there, I, I want to ask you then about a word you used a little earlier. It was called coalesced. Uh, that's what happened when the first Taxed Enough Already movement got started. Now, you and Chris Ann are, are going great guns with uh, your uh, vision of, of what this Liberty University can be and will be. But how then can we all coalesce? Should we coalesce? Is it time now for another movement like we had 
back in 2009. Talk to us. Yeah, I, you know, we have to network. We have to build networks in our local communities, um, you know, and gather together. I, I, I think, you know, one of the problems we talk about, we've had an inordinate uh, focus on, at the federal level. And, and obviously that's part of it. You know, we have to, we have to have a focus and we have to work on that level as well. But, but we were focused to the neglect of our state and local governments. And then that it's been brought to the forefront. Uh, you think about all this stuff, the lockdowns and all of that, uh, that we've seen in the last two and a half years, that didn't come from the federal government. It came from your state and local governments. We, we discovered were the tyrants. And so we have to get back connected uh, in our local communities, build those networks. And I, I think standing up in groups all across America, we, we see little, uh, if we see people protesting um, in groups, in cities all over this country. I think that has a tremendous impact. And I'll be very honest with you, I think it has a more of an impact uh, than a singular group showing up, you know, for instance, on the mall in D.C. Uh, behind a single organization because people dismiss that uh, as, well, that's just this, this organization or this particular political figure, and they look at it as one, one group, one voice. But I think it has a much more powerful effect if they were to see individual uprisings and, and understand this is not some group, some person that they're being led by, uh, but this is from the heart of the people themselves standing up. So I think, you know, we have groups all over in every state and we, we've got to start focusing on networking together and, and really organizing these protests like we're seeing in the school board, like we're seeing people come against uh, their board of county commissioners and all these places. So we, we need to see more of that, I think, all over the country. I got about four minutes left uh, in this segment with you and Chris and Pastor. And I'm going to start with you, Pastor. Uh, legacy, legacy. Um, when you and Chris Ann are looking off into the sunset in some idyllic place, maybe you never have really quit. I don't think I can ever quit. I'm just going to wear out and fade away, whatever the Lord does with me. Uh, but uh, when you all are, are at that point in life, um, what would you want us to say about your work and what you uh, had set out for the Lord to do through you? Talk to us about your legacy. Well, I want it to be known that we've been good stewards over the gift of liberty that God has given us. And just like the parable of the talents, uh, that we did not bury the gift in the sand, but we prospered as we made it better for future generations. And so we're, we're trying to uh, sow that seed in the ground now. You know, the stuff that we build at libertyfirstuniversity.com, you know, we want that to be timeless. We want other generations to be able to pick that up and know the principles that we're supposed to be founded it so faithful with god's gift of liberty that's uh that's what i want said about me wonderful chris ann uh would please please share with us what uh you would want us to say about chris ann hall when uh she decides you know, to set it up yeah so i would i would simply echo what jc said because that was God's first call on my life when he brought us into this was through the parable of the talents, through the uh, command of Mordecai upon Esther to be a part of God's plan and to, to be, um, you know, an advocate for her people. I am, I am a 
giver by nature. I am a fighter, a warrior by nature. I'm a defender of the defenseless by nature. That's how God made me. And so that's what I would, I would like to, you know, have our posterity to look back upon us and say, you know, we did everything that we possibly could uh, to ensure that God's gift of liberty was passed on to them and that we were not negligent and that when we stand before God that day, we will hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And I just want to mention Nora Jones has a a song that really um, touches my heart and maybe uh, embodies to a certain degree how I feel. And... um, it's it's the American Anthem by Nora Jones. It's an amazing uh, song about, uh, you know, let future generations say of me that I gave my all for America. And wow. that's, that's why I do it. Wow, Nora is one of the great artists, uh, folks. If you haven't checked her out, she she's just one of the just most fantastic artists around. Chris Ann Hall, Pastor J.C. Hall, uh, pastor and 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 uh, and wife, uh, your bride. I, I certainly do appreciate your friendship. I thank you both for coming on here with me today. May God bless and keep you both. Continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will because you are fighting the good fight. God bless and keep you. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>